0: Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. Shortly after the Italian merchant Marco Polo died in Venice, another traveler from a different world set out on an epic journey. Ibn Battuta was a 21-year-old Sunni Muslim intent on pilgrimage, the Hajj, from his native Morocco to Mecca, a sacred obligation for the followers of Islam. His plans would change. In Alexandria, he stayed with an ascetic holy man who observed, I see you are fond of traveling. You must certainly visit my brothers in India, Sindh, and China, and convey my greetings. I was amazed at his predictions, Ibn Buttata said, and my wanderings did not cease until I had visited these three men. He would travel over 70,000 miles over the next 30 years before his homecoming. His account of Alexandria is typical. He visits the Pharos, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, a lighthouse 33 stories high. One side is damaged. Decades later, when the homebound Ibn Battuta passes through Alexandria again, the Pharos is in ruins. He's also impressed by the Nile, which he names as one of the five great rivers of the world, and then adds five more to his list, including the Ganges and the mighty Volga coming down from Russia. In his travels, he visits all of them. Places fascinate him. Great cities, grand mosques, other sacred sites. He not only reaches Mecca, he spends three years there. But he always has an eye for the delights and discoveries of the traveler. In Zafar, he tastes a delicious nut the size of a man's head, even covered with a fiber that resembles human hair. A coconut. But Zafar also has a stinking fly-ridden bazaar filled with the fish they feed their animals. Sardines. Most of the places he visits are Muslim territory. The reach of Arabic culture in the 14th century was vast. Even in China, every prominent city had its own Islamic neighborhood for the Muslim merchants, complete with a mosque. One exception is Constantinople, still in Christian hands at this time, where he has an interview with the king, who is anxious to speak with a traveler who has visited Bethlehem and Jerusalem. In fact, Ibn Battuta meets distinguished and powerful people wherever he goes, sharifs, imams, governors, and sultans, all eager to hear the news of the world. They load him with gifts as an honored visitor in a kind of hospitality competition with his previous hosts. His longest stay is in India, where his fortunes rise and fall, inspired by a saintly sheikh. He withdraws from the world and gives all his possessions to the poor, living in prayer and fasting, until the sultan sends for him and makes him the chief judge of Delhi, and later the court ambassador to China. Ibn Battuta is entrusted with a splendid gift for the emperor of China, but on the voyage his ship is wrecked in a storm and the treasure is lost. He becomes an honored judge in the Maldives, but on a later voyage is attacked by pirates who strip him of everything, including his travel journals. Nevertheless, when he eventually dictates his adventures to a scribe, he remembers not only where he has traveled, but the names of 1,500 people he has met and spoken to. The Arabic title of his book translates as, a gift to those who contemplate the wonders of cities and the marvels of traveling, and normally runs to over a 1,000 pages. Happily, a translator named Tim McIntosh Smith has published an abridged version, which is very readable. One more incident. In southern Persia, he met a saintly hermit who blessed him, saying, May God grant you your desires in this world and the next. Ibn Battuta reflects, Indeed, I have attained my desires in this world, which were to travel throughout the earth, and I have attained what no other person has attained to my knowledge. The world to come remains, but my hope is strong in the clemency and mercy of God. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.